Hello and welcome back to another episode of the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, no matter if it is here, there, or anywhere, and if it's affected by the COVID or not. I am the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber, and with me again is the one and only Denver 7 anchor reporter extraordinaire, Nicole Brady. Hello, Nicole. Okay, I think I think it's official that I am the co-host of this podcast now. <laughs> of the pandemic driving you crazy podcast. Yes. I haven't I still have not spoken to Joseph since uh, before the pandemic started. So it's been several months. But then again, yeah, I haven't really No, I haven't really reached out for to him or or you know, I haven't really tried. So I guess that 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 could be on me too. Well, he, he he emailed me about a story once. So I know he's he is alive and working still at channel seven um but and i didn't mean for it to you know to have a coup like this but that's okay i was i was waiting for an opportunity (laughs) and you are joining me right now via zoom where i can see you and i can hear you uh so at least uh, uh, that that's good for me because then i can at least see what we're uh, talking about and i'm not just talking like like we're doing a phone interview i agree it is it is better to be seen and uh, and and I've been noticing when I'm just on the phone with people now I'm very distracted I do other things yes you do uh, but also on Zoom you have to stay a little more present yes you do well you, you don't have to look at me the whole time but I can at least see what you're doing as you're st- yeah. as, you, as you're sitting outside of a restaurant that is opening later today I am Torchy's Tacos on Broadway apparently is one of the first that we've heard that will open and resume dine-in service today. Today is officially the day that restaurants in Colorado can do that, unless they're in a county that had the, uh, uh, that got a variance to do it earlier. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of places are reopening, not all of them. Uh, Tower Cheese is one of the breakfast joints that we often like to go to at the station because it's really close to our station. So we're pretty excited that this is one of the one of those reopening. Um, obviously, I'm sure they're doing the, the takeout and pick up just like everyone. But uh, but the dine-in, it, it, you know, to me, I'm more likely to go to a restaurant now because I can walk in and get the food at least. I just, I, I didn't like this idea of having to call ahead and go pick up my order at a certain time. And, and it just sounds like such a, so much hassle. Yeah. Um. And just the idea of being able to go in, order my food, and leave again. That's all I want to do. You know, it's funny. It's uh, about a week ago. Uh, there's this Mexican restaurant not too far from me that is always super busy. And yeah. it, I, so I called ahead. I, I tried to call ahead, and it, the, the line was busy for about a half an hour. I finally get through. I put in my order, and they say, all right, come to the parking lot and, and pick up your stuff, and we'll, we'll see you. We know what car you're, you're in, because I told them what car I'm in, and then they'll come bring it to me. Well, I get to the parking lot, and there are people everywhere. There are people all over this parking lot, and they're trying to get in and out of there, and it's, and it's freaky because then, then there's people that are coming out of the parking lot, and they're getting angry and aggressive at the other people. Just They're just trying to pick up food, and you're getting angry and aggressive just to pick up food. The world has gone yeah. COVID what nuts. <laughs> yes, the, the, you're right. Though these things are, are are just so weird now. I if I go in a grocery store, I feel like I I just have to not be near anyone. I don't want anyone oh, to think I'm they're the uh, worst coming near them or doing any. You know, it's just it's just you have to be overly careful not to offend people right now. 
Yes, so. exactly. And by the way, did I did you realize that I have uh, gone missing from Denver Seven? What? Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, I just saw you on our billboard. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, th- that's nice. Good. I did. I uh, <laughs> there was uh, an email that came into the Contact Seven, the main email box for Contact Seven. It was from Diane in Castle Rock, and Diane writes, "Is Jason still with Channel Seven? When will he be back? I know traffic has been slow, but <laughs> this family misses him and wants him back. Hope to hear from you soon. Thank you." Well, I, I wrote Diane a, a reply telling her I've been here the whole time. Uh, I was off for a week to have some knee surgery, but otherwise I, I've been here working the early morning all the way till seven the whole time. I, I've only been off of the Good Morning America news breaks and the stream from not from seven to nine. Okay. So maybe she's just watching Good Morning America. Maybe she's just watching the streaming later or something. Yeah. And that's and that's where she's uh, been missing me. Maybe. Uh, you know, it's funny how long, have you ever noticed that sometimes when people leave a TV station, they get fired or retire, oh, yeah. you'll get someone who a year later asks, finally, whatever happened to that guy? <laughs> <laughs> and I always think, thanks, thanks for watching us so regularly that you finally notice that. Uh, so. You know what's so funny is I still get people saying, oh, I heard you on the radio the other day. I haven't been on the radio oh. regularly for 14 years. Okay, well, maybe they're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast. That could and be. And they don't understand that that's not quite radio. It's that, a little different. <laughs> it yeah. isn't quite radio. You're right. And in a bit, I'm going to be playing a fascinating conversation I had with a guy. His name is Gil Edwards, and he's from the company called Traffic Karma. And Traffic Karma, they study and analyze traffic data. They, they analyze traffic flow, incidents, that sort of thing. And Gil is the head of their product strategy and engagement. No idea what that means. He's just a smart guy. Actually, he came from the world of radio, and now he's doing uh, traffic data. And Traffic Cast International, that's the company he's under. And he's, uh, he's really an interesting guy. And I talked to him via a Zoom meeting for a story I was working on that aired earlier this week. Uh, we talk about how, how low the traffic yes. volume dropped right after the shutdown orders came through, how much traffic has started coming back. I'm sure you've noticed the traffic really coming back. Today, there was it, a lot more yeah. traffic. It was it was really there quite was. busy today. When I And I drove from, I was in Thornton this morning. And so I drove from Highlands Ranch up to Thornton this morning, then back down to Denver. So I've been all over and it feels very much uh, like a normal morning. Um you know, I'm sure there would have been a, f- a few more stops uh, during during the morning rush hour, but uh, but yeah, very very busy. Yeah, I know it's definitely coming back. So we talk about when traffic will come back to some sort of pre-COVID normalcy, if if ever. Uh, and so it's an interesting conversation. I'll have that coming up in just a bit. And by the way, the voicemail, our voicemail still works. I think. Um, so if you have a question or comment about the show, you can right. always call the voicemail. It just goes right. It just, you know, it doesn't even ring. It just picks up right to the message and then boom, you leave your message and you can put it on, uh, and you leave your message for us and I'll put it on the show right here. So it's the, the, here's the phone number 303-832-0217, 303-832-0217. You can also reach the show by emailing us at the driving you crazy podcast, uh, da, uh, what is it? Driving you crazy podcast at gmail.com. Boom. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. I Excellent. Just, I just saw Daryl roll up, the photographer here. Oh, the road wrangler. The road wrangler, as you know him. Yeah, he's he he's been uh, driving from Wyoming as usual, and probably liking the light traffic that we've had. 
We don't want him on the show though, because he he'll just overtake and and he'll. We're not going to bring him on. Good. That's that's not a good idea I just to bring him wave, on. Wave. Let him know. We let him know where I was. Here. Perfect. And then just keep him uh, at a safe yeah. distance. If you have to, I, lock I'm, the doors. I'm trying. When they started <laughs> assigning Daryl to work with us in the mornings recently, I said, I worry about Daryl when we're not supposed to stand six feet apart. Let alone, you know. <laughs> 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 but alone, I'm, I'm uh, supposed to try to stay apart. And you can him. smell them, and you can smell them from six feet apart too. Did. I'm not sure what that fragrance is that he has coming off of him, but it's uh, something that that lingers. Sometimes it uh, stings yes. the nose. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. I. I. Uh, I have enjoyed working with Daryl though lately. He's. He's, he's, you know, it's yeah. just nice. It's honestly nice to see anyone right now, <laughs> any other adult. So, so I like keeping, you know, changing it up, seeing some different photographers here and there. Well, there you go. Well, there were a couple other topics we didn't get the time to uh, talk yeah. about last week, and I wanted to discuss them today. But before I, that, I wanted to, to, to share this story with you. So Dateline, Concord, New Hampshire, explaining that the 90-minute drive between is – now, this was uh, pre-COVID – of course, story. All right, so just okay. keep that in your in your head. So explaining the ninety minute drive between his home and workplace has it has it has its advantages. Area man Nicholas Weil told reporters Tuesday that he doesn't mind his long commute because it gives him extra time to listen to the voice in his head saying he can't keep living like this. When I tell people I drive to downtown Boston every day for work, they always ask me how I manage to spend so much time in the car. But it actually gives me a nice chunk of time every day where I can just sit in the car and listen to my internal anxieties telling me that I'm wasting hours every day that I'll never get back. <laughs> Wiley, a sales manager, added that spending the last half decade of his life in the car for at least three hours to five hours a week allowed him to catch up with tons of depressing inner monologues he might not have had the time for otherwise. Sometimes it's annoying to get up so early, so I'm in the car by 7, but once I'm on the road, I have a chance to listen to new concerns like, what would my younger self say if he could see me now? Or tune in to an old fear like needing to change how I live my life before it's too late. Or just listen to myself wondering why I drive 70 miles to and from a job I hate, and that makes my my life miserable. And whether raising a family in such a far-off place from most available jobs, was the stupidest decision of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if the fictitious Mr. Wiley was driving into work right now instead of working from home because of, you know, pandemic traffic, he, he would make that 70-mile trip in record time. Oh, yeah. Because, I, I, you know, I, I do check out traffic patterns in the morning because when, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock, I'm actually looking at traffic patterns in uh, in Boston and New York and, and Washington to, to gauge how traffic is starting to pick back yeah. up around the country. And uh, it, it was actually fairly light today in Boston. Really? That's interesting. I'm sure that has been an even more noticeable change than, than Denver. Oh, yeah. Uh, to see in Boston and some of those cities. Uh Wow. 70 miles a day each each way yeah but that that, that that story is from the onion onion okay it sounded like an onion story yeah yes. so they um but there are but, people but that drive that far are no there really are i i know people in boston who who commute fairly um who have long long commutes i have a friend there who doesn't all have to go to work every day i don't know what they're doing now but um but but for a couple of days a week was driving easily that much and they uh and and then 
I've heard, though, that some people are missing their commute because it gave them that daily sort of gearing up for work, maybe listen to the radio, listen to a podcast, uh, music, and then they're wind down on the way home from work. Yeah, I agree. I think that I have missed that time. I usually get about 25 minutes from my home to the station, and I do miss some of that time listening to the radio and catching up on some of those shows that I usually like to listen to. And it it really is a peaceful time, at least for me. And there's a lot of folks that that are in the same boat. They use that time when they go from home to the office in some other productive way, maybe you relax away from everybody else because they know it's just them, whether they're on the train yeah. or the bus or whatever, or, or in their car. But yeah, I, I, I miss it. I miss it too. I, I mean, I'm still doing this most days. I still leave the house. And if anything, the only thing now is I'm, I don't drive right to the station. So I have to sort of most days remind myself where I'm going and make sure I don't just automatically start driving up Broadway. <laughs> like I'm going to the station that has happened to me a couple times but I try to I try to stay closer to home now in the mornings if I can but as I said today I was in in Thornton then Denver I might I was supposed to be in Aurora originally I mean we're still all over the place yeah I'm starting to lose my mind over this whole thing not be able to go anywhere and really do anything I I guess I I have been out and about a little bit but yeah. yeah, I'm starting because I was at the Home Depot a couple of times yesterday because I, I installed a, a new um, uh, garbage disposal yesterday and uh, ah. and I had to redo some of the piping in because it, it was just not right. It wasn't draining right. So I had to redo some of the pipes there because, you know, I like to tinker. Um, and, it, <laughs> <laughs> and so I was there at the Home Depot. And it's, that's, that's just a weird experience, too. But that's about all I do is I'm going between home and the Home Depot and then coming back home. And doing stories for, for Channel yeah. 7, of course. Of and course. Yeah. No, I know. We have not been out. I mean, I really, I haven't been to restaurants. I've been to a couple grocery stores here and there. and then. But other than work, I have not really been anywhere. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'm I'm still out and about, though, I guess, for work. That that gets me out. I don't know how I would do it. Just my husband likes this. He, he His dream was to just never have to leave the house for work well this is it he's there right i mean he's so it's really kind of tough to have two people two adults in a house that are so different you know that's that's a weird thing for a relationship when you i mean this is hard the situation's hard for relationships anyway but it's also very weird to have someone who's very much an introvert and likes this versus someone who doesn't like this at all and wants to go out and would rather you know if nothing else let's go on a hike and then for him, he'll go outside on a hike, but I mean, it's not, it doesn't matter to him. He doesn't have this craving to get outside or to go anywhere. What, 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 kind, of a, what kind of a weirdo did you marry? He is. He's so weird. Yeah. No. <laughs> and he's just gotten worse over the years in, this res- in that respect. And More, you, do, you do have to be a little concerned because he is a divorce attorney. Right. I know. I'm... We're waiting. We we've heard, you know, that divorces are kind of on the rise right. and all this. I don't think he's gotten any, you know, rush of new business yet, but um, I think it's just just old old clients still mostly. But yeah, I I don't know. I we're make we're fine. We'll make it through this. But so you're not gonna have, you're not gonna need his services though. That's that's a good thing. I don't think so. I don't think that would be fair either. No. I swear, I, I don't think I'd ever see my kids again. 
he's 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 a good divorce lawyer. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, then. So, so that could go that could go bad. All right. Um, well, uh, uh, no, a... no, we're actually we're moving. We're moving to a new house. Oh, good for you. In a few weeks, I I I've been wanting to move for a while, but um, and I didn't think it would happen on, in, in this situation. But now it just seems like any change will be something nice you know a new house fine we can't go anywhere else this summer so we'll just have a new place <laughs> well good for you is this a uh, a home yeah. purchase or a, a, a rental no or a... it's another rental All it's right. another yeah. rental same we'll same general area somewhere in highlands ranch same area All pretty right, much yeah, yeah. All right, good. Well, in other news, uh, <laughs> our, yeah. uh, our local transit agency, they call it RTD. It's for Regional Transportation District. They put out this survey, and they were asking people what they think about public transit in this new COVID world. They say that public remains quite apprehensive about riding public transportation. Duh. They were that way yeah. before this whole COVID thing. Now, the majority of those who had not used transit in the past 30 days had said that they would take a wait-and-see approach to the pandemic before they start riding again. And these were from regular riders. They had basically uh, a survey with like 2,500 people, and most of them were regular riders. Now, the respondents to this survey were asked to rate six activities according to their perceived levels of safeness, and riding RTD was deemed the least safe of those six activities that people might participate in during wow. this pandemic. The other choices are going to the grocery store, visiting a drugstore, going to see friends, visiting family, and exercising outside. All of those, okay. pandemic or not, sure. are all preferable to riding on public transit. Yeah, I, I understand it. Uh, like you said, all of those are preferable in normal times. Yes. Uh, versus, uh, but even, yeah, even going to a grocery store, I mean, I think people just uh, think think of buses as being uh, dirtier, Yes. unfortunately, and you're sitting on it for a longer time. I mean, right now, honestly, if you got on the light rail, there's no one on that with you. Right. I mean, right. No, it's very empty. Alone, yeah, sure. and I, they're not even charging people because they, it is so empty, and they're trying to get people onto the the buses and the trains. And this survey okay. also wanted to get some feedback from people about what will the RTD people need to do to get uh, riders to feel safer when they're on the buses and the trains. The most prominent themes expressed in the questionnaire were. Requiring personal protective equipment, like face coverings, for the riders, for the drivers of the buses and the trains, and for the passengers, so everybody would be using the masks. An assurance okay. that RTD vehicles are cleaned and sanitized frequently and thoroughly. Now, they were kind of cleaned in the past, but now they're using sanitizer, so the sanitization spray that they're putting on there is just going on top of the dirt that they had already accumulated across most of those uh, vehicles. Uh, observance right. of social distancing on vehicles. Well, how, how are you really going to get that accomplished? If So you have these large buses that then aren't full to capacity in most times because it's just, it, it, how are you going to have, let's say, a bus holds 50 people and you're going to have to social distance these people on the bus. So how, how are you going to accomplish that? 
and then still be, be able to make enough money to uh, operate the bus. No, you can't because pretty much anyone, I, I know school buses are talking about this. I mean, every planes, they're leaving seats empty. They have to leave seats empty, right? They have yes. to leave every other seat empty to, to provide for social distancing. So, yeah. All right. Well, I had a uh, little technical problem. I was recording everything into uh, my mini, mini disc player, and then the uh, recording stopped. And it ran out of space. Right in the middle of Nicole, what she was talking about. <laughs> and then I tried to pick it up and record it on another device, and that didn't work out very well. So uh, I'm back solo uh, for just a moment so I can introduce to you <laughs> our, uh, our interview that I wanted to get to. Have you noticed that traffic volume is picking up? Not quite back to the levels it was before the shutdown, but it is coming back. Now, the company Traffic Cast International, they have a division called Traffic Karma, and they analyze traffic flow, and they've watched the decrease in traffic since the beginning of the COVID outbreak. And they continue to watch traffic as it's starting to pick back up. And a couple of days ago, I was able to talk with Gil Edwards. And Gil is the head of TrafficCast's product strategy and engagement. And we talked more about how traffic was before COVID, during, and now as we're starting to trail end at the uh, or trail out at the end of some of the stay-at-home orders. Gil, thanks for being here, and thanks for joining me on the Driving You Crazy podcast. Uh, well, very nice to meet you. Let, let's talk first about mm -hmm. traffic before COVID. Traffic was on pace to be another record-setting year. It was it was growing like crazy. And then what was it like? Because because you watch traffic data all the time, and you're really watching yeah. you know flow and data and and how many people are out and about. So right. what was it like to see traffic that had been growing for for month after month after month all of a sudden come to a grinding halt and and there was very little traffic anywhere yeah it's it's interesting actually and it had uh even business ramifications or or um the anticipation of some kind of business ramification to that right like okay everybody stops working uh from their place of business they go home they the roads are all of a sudden empty in in some regard but then all of a sudden you realize, okay, there's massive economic impact here. I mean, that was apparent to everyone. And now retail business is affected. Where are, uh, you know, how, do, how does this affect uh, the day-to-day -day of commerce with people? And, and, you know, of course, everyone rushes to the store and they're buying toilet paper and doing things. And there's local travel that's going on. But their daily commute that was the daily grind was suddenly not happening. But what was interesting is now there's all this interest, just as we're talking about the analytics of that and how does that relate to business and, and where people uh, are going on a day-to-day -day basis and are they leaving the house or not leaving the house? So it, as, as much as we would think we would be less busy dealing with less traffic information, we're actually busier now <laughs> analyzing the less traffic information and sort of what's going on. So, yeah. It is interesting, and it's especially interesting to see how much the traffic had decreased over the first few weeks. It, it, some of the stay-at-home orders were, were being implemented in different states at different times, but you could see in all those different places, whether it was Atlanta or Boston or, or here in Denver, you could start to see week by week it's down by 15% down by 28%, yeah. down by 45%. Yeah, I mean, we were seeing some cities that were as deep as 75% uh, less than what they were they were at. I, it all obviously has to do with market size and city to suburban, uh, you know, commutes and where people are at. 
Um, Denver, yeah, I mean, the trend I was looking at and I was talking to you before about, uh, you know, when your lockdown happened, if you try, if you went from March, uh, mid-March through to April, that you were at the peak was in the week of April 13th, and it was at 57% less than what uh, it normally was, which was also, um, I made a note, on April 24th for the state of Colorado was the single new cases high for COVID-19 at like 900 and some plus additional cases for the state. Um, so I think what we were seeing was, you know, a pretty clear correlation between new cases that were rising, the public sentiment changing and news, uh, giving us the information that this was getting more serious, more people were going in the hospital, more people are getting it, testing centers were ramping up, and then, you know, we see these kind of highs, uh, but it didn't last very long uh, in terms of people on the road. <laughs> in terms of it going down versus it starting to increase, you know, still down from where it was uh, in a pre-COVID period, but, um, but gradually sort of elevating. And, and what was interesting in those numbers is that while overall the, the volume was coming down, the peak rush hours, morning and afternoon, they were down dramatically. But then when I was looking at the midday traffic, there was actually more midday traffic than there had ever been in the time before the COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And what's and what was also there are some markets that we were seeing increases in, let's say, noon hour or even very early morning. We were seeing increases. Maybe that was as a result of additional delivery trucks and medical workers and things like that. And evening numbers we'd see higher people definitely traveling in off peak times that were not of their normal uh, patterns. You, you would see, you're exactly right, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., or 4 p.m., 5 p.m., 6 p.m., you'd see those dips of 40% less than what it was before. But in the midday, you know, you'd see these kind of different numbers that, uh, that, were, that were still probably less than where they were pre-COVID, but, but uh, not as deep as, you know, the differences that we would see on a percentage from the rush hours. And when when I was thinking about some of those, some of those uh, numbers, it, it seemed that as people were staying home, they were getting up, maybe doing a little bit of work and then having to go out and, and maybe run to the grocery store because the grocery store hours had changed to a later time to allow for either the older folks to go early uh, or to at least uh, let the workers have a chance to start to refill the shelves because it was so decimated and couldn't find noodles or toilet paper and, you know, hamburger or anything. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're you, you start to see more people milling around and doing things during the midday, and then obviously during the dinner time, morning breakfast time, everybody's at home, just uh, just now now not doing anything because <laughs> they don't have to go to the office. Yeah. The the and we see that in the miles traveled each day. So when we look at the miles traveled numbers, where we would usually see you know, even 10 to 15 mile commutes for people, uh, average numbers, more between, let's say, five and 10 miles or more, very consistently across many of the cities across the U.S., we were looking at averages closer to two to four miles uh, on a daily basis. So it's local traffic. They're going to the Home Depot. They're going to the grocery store. They're getting supplies, um, but staying close to home and, and not venturing out. Now, that's changing. I think it's, it's evolving, but uh, that's what we've seen so far. As more states are lifting their stay-at-home orders, moving from a phase one lockdown where you're not supposed to go anywhere to phase two, and now eventually phase three, I think sometime after Memorial Day week, you know, really the beginning of June, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more states, including Colorado, moving to a phase three where we're going to start to see more openings. 
do you anticipate people now going to start working instead of just from home, maybe going back to their old office? Well, I think it, it depends, obviously, on the municipalities and the states and, and how each each state and each city sort of responds to what's going on. I mean, I think definitely we'll see a return to more retail opening. So um, whereas now we're at essential businesses for most most cities around the U.S., it'll start to evolve into um, other retail locations. You know, uh, I live in North Jersey outside of New York City, and there's been a lot of controversy around a local gym that wanted to open. So gyms will begin to open, you know, um, uh, places that sit on the salons, hair, hair, you know, all these things that, that people still need. I think we'll see some of that first. And then offices, even Facebook did a massive sort of announcement around evolution of stay at home abilities for uh, uh, permissions for people to be able to work from home. And I think that will evolve. Uh, too, but we're definitely up at this point. People are people are beginning to hit the road, and I think tolerance is thinning. Um, and it's it's interesting um, where it's kind of going from here. And, and you know what's also interesting is that the crash data that you analyze is also changed, and maybe that's due to wide open highways and uh, maybe more people speeding at at this point. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some of that going on. I was actually, when I looked specifically at the Denver numbers, it almost mirrored the, the trips data. So if in, you know, April we were 50% down or um, I think more specifically in early April, we were 46% down in Denver and the crashes were 38% down. So, you know, the crash decreases are not decreasing at the same rate as, as the number of trips and things like that. Now they can't always be exactly compared, but um but yeah, there are definitely uh, cases and data that we're seeing where more open roads equals people's sentiment to want to speed more and drive faster. And uh, and one thing that we have seen from police relationships and, and data with law enforcement and, and that we see up there that uh, some of the crashes can be worse, you know, in terms of severity. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a concerning thing. People talk still need that. to drive safe. Right, yeah, I talk <laughs> about that all the time, about how the higher speeds result in higher speed collisions and they are much more violent and people can be hurt yeah. much, uh, more uh, easily at the higher speeds than at a lower speed. So a little fender bender, you're not really going to get hurt, but if you're driving right. 75 and you get into a crash, I mean, lick, the metal is almost liquidly pliable at, at those speeds. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's dangerous for sure. And you were also talking about, we just opened here in Denver this past week, a new testing center uh, right there at the Pepsi Center in the parking lot. And so folks can go get tested right now. Now we had people watching folks going out and it's a free test. So if you want to go get tested, you can go there and get a free test. However, there aren't a lot of people out there getting tested, I think because they are tests for, do I have it right now and not have I had it in the last couple of weeks or a couple of months? And so it seems like with the numbers of the virus coming down, we're not seeing as many people wanting to go through those testing centers as we saw earlier in the pandemic. Yeah, that's absolutely happening. Um, and to get a smidge uh, personal with you, I actually am a recovered COVID positive. <laughs> um, I don't mind saying it in the context of the story. Uh, I live in a very hot area outside of New York City where it, maybe it's a bit more common and, and more severe in terms of exposure, but um, i thankfully survived through it and, and recovered at home and, and did fine. But it was, in fact, the worst virus I've ever had in my life. Uh, but so the, the idea of the testing capacity was a real hot button for me. I mean, early on, 
we had low capacity but high demand and there were multi-hour lines for you know going to the drive-through testing centers which had a big road impact and there was a lot of information that in terms of road closures lane closures uh, outside of testing centers and where that was going now capacity is way up demand is down but new cases are still happening uh, and i think that's where it gets uh, you know concerning we all have to be very careful for the state of Colorado, there were uh, 394 new cases just in this last week. But whereas at the peak, Denver was 50% down in terms of number of trips on the roads, we're now at 17% down. And we're 10% up from last week. And uh, in terms of number of miles driven, Denver is 14% up from the week prior. So people are getting antsy, they're getting out on the road, things are starting to open up, there's this feeling that there's there's less happening. but we still all have to be careful and, and then sort of where's the, where's the balance. Uh, and that's a hard thing to answer. And I certainly, <laughs> it's a tough one. And when you're talking about the traffic, do you really took look at the data that is on the highway or also off the highway? Both. Yeah. Our data is pulled from um, both uh, primary roads and secondary roads. Uh, there's actually five full road classes as, as I think, you know, and uh, the data that we analyze um, comes from a number of sources, but it, it's it's definitely you know deep beyond just the highways. And by the way, the highway numbers and local roads are are different statistics too. We talk mostly in averages, but similar to the those local drives, uh, there's more activity happening on the local roads during the day versus the you know the highways. When I was looking at some of the data, it's all also segmented by county hours and counties and which counties are going from place to place. So mm-hmm. let's say I drive from, for instance, one county to another county, the trip would take me about 10 miles or so. Is, is that two trips or is it, how, how do you quantify that data if somebody starts in one county and ends in a different one? Uh, we would still consider that one trip. It's an interesting question, how, how it would split in terms of the county analytics and where that shows. Um, I think it would be, uh, from what I understand, split by miles, and um, there'd be trip portions within those counties, but miles would be split between the two. Um, so the, num- the the way they're calculated is different, but but yeah, there is crossover. But overall, in the in the data, it would just show that tra- the, the traffic level is down in that county for that one time, even though somebody might be traveling. T- so it's, it's easy here to travel through two or three different counties on somebody's morning commute. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Minute by minute, um, second by second, um, data is collected and looked at, you know, at a mile by mile and, and well, smaller fractions than that, actually. Um, you know, it's, it's, it gets very, very granular. <laughs> and uh, we have the ability to sort of split it up. But, but yeah, it's the way that it ends up falling into multi, multi categories. But you can still come up with the percentages there. I, I know you're not in the prediction business, but let's let's play that business. Let's play play the game anyway. So, as we're getting back to some sort of normal life, I would say in the next couple of months, we are going to still see traffic increase. We've already started to see traffic increase since that peak time in mid-April. So it's been getting busier and busier through May, and I, I, I'm sure it's going to happen through June and July. So where do you see traffic picking up at maybe the same rate at that seven to 10 to 12% range per week until we get to some sort of leveling period? Yeah. It's so, it's so hard to, to tell. I mean, we, we definitely at a traffic cast, we 
um, and through Traffic Karma Mobility Insights, the, the data analytics that we, we talk about, we, um, we absolutely will see growth, you know, as, as this, well, with a hope that new cases continue to decline, reopening sort of begins to continue happening, we'll see the, the traffic come back up. Um, I think everyone would hope that this is something that isn't going to last, you know, forever. We, it may change our lives and may, uh, and the way we go about things day to day. And, and, um, I think the, the biggest concern is additional outbreak or additional spread. Um, I think it will also be regional, um, you know, certain cities will maybe have to hold things down a little bit longer than others. Um, uh, I have many friends in Texas and other places that, things are already beginning to loosen up and, and where maybe things aren't as severe as they, as they were before. Um, so yeah, I, th I think it's, it's hard to predict in this case because um, we just don't know what's really going to happen. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, as the summer continues and as decisions are made about schools and whether or not they go back in, I think these will all be factors into, you know, obviously how people get on the roads or, or don't. Anecdotally, here in Denver, we have obviously the, the mountains to our west, and there are a lot of people who like to spend every weekend, especially holiday weekends, at their cabin or, or doing camping or whatever the case may be up in the mountains. And usually on a Friday morning, I can start to see the increase in traffic right around 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m. It's, it's actually getting pretty stop-and-go traffic in parts of the I-70 drive, but I did not see that happen this for the holiday weekend so far, even a little bit more than I would have expected. Wow, that's very interesting. Uh, and there are a number of cases like that around the U.S., whether um, you're in California or here in the Northeast going to the, you know, the Jersey beaches and uh, the Delaware beaches. Um, we see the same dynamic through the summer and uh, and these are all new things for us to be able to experience these and, and the data will tell us a lot. So I think as we go through and have the ability to look at it, it'll be, uh, it'll be very interesting. What is the most eye catching part of all of this data that you've analyzed across the country to you? Is there anything that really pops out that goes, wow, that was, that was interesting and something I, I didn't expect to, to, that, that happened over the last two months with traffic and traffic flow? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of what we touched on before and just that the patterns completely changed, you know, and, and if you think about that on the way it affects people's daily lives, you know, um, everything is different in the, in the way people drive now and, and what that serves is almost a proxy or a simulation of what happens in someone's life. <laughs> um, the fact that um, it has really kind of leveled out through the day and, and the, you know, talk about some of these odd increases that you see. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's, it's quite stark and staggering, you know, to see, see the numbers the way that they are. And, and I think as a traffic reporter and with you having eyes on the road every single day, um, it, I would imagine is equally fascinating, uh, fascinating to see. Um, but, you know, I, I hope that, it's nothing but more cars on the road coming soon. You know, to me, that means better health for people and a better economy and for, for all the things to, you know, sort of begin down the path of recovery. You want to do it in a safe way, but, um, but it's interesting how data can show us these things, you know, and, um, and, and try to, yeah, I mean, there, there, and there certainly is predictive abilities in there, uh, whether 
I had those numbers prepared for right now <laughs> is one thing, but uh, we have tremendous amounts of historical data and and doing predictive traffic and understanding uh, where this will go is what we do and what you know other um, uh, people would look for in data from us. But I think we're dealing with such an uncertain situation that it's you know it becomes hard to to predict forward. Um, but we can learn about, about a lot from what's happened and and maybe how that affects us with future situations like this that we hope we never have, you know. Yeah, and, and the traffic data that you have collected now will become a reservoir for folks that are going to be looking at this in years to come and going and looking back at all of this and seeing how the flow has changed. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned uh, before about uh, companies like Facebook, and I, I know there are others, and this may be happening more with tech companies, a little more forward leaning, but I think there's a lot of uh, corporate self-analysis going on and, and, and sort of how do we move forward and, and does this generate kind of a new era of a way of doing business, you know? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's very interesting. And, and, and the, the other comment that you, that you just mentioned is that you, you'd like to see more cars on the road. I, I, I personally would too. It's not the dream of the urbanist who would love to see all these roads still stay closed. There's actually been a bunch of roads in Denver that have closed down uh, and they've made them into pedestrian roads. And now there's the yeah, idea yeah. in order to open up more restaurants and more seating for restaurants, close down some roads. One city uh, is actually talking about closing down their main street on the weekends so they can allow the restaurants to put tables out and about. So obviously that changes some of the traffic uh, flow. So, so yeah, I, I would like to see it too. I would like to see traffic, re, you know, resume and, and have people come out. But those people that hate traffic and hate cars and think that it's, it's the worst thing ever, uh, w uh, they're fighting to, to keep roads closed right now, get more closed because they think this is the perfect opportunity to do that. That's, that's interesting. Uh, and don't get me wrong. Um, I hate traffic just like the next guy, uh, especially uh, being just outside of New York City. There is nothing nothing worse than getting stuck in the uh, Lincoln Tunnel helix going into the city um, for multiple hours. And it, and it happens uh, very frequently. Um, so nobody nobody wants to deal with that. And, and um, you know, I think if anything, that's what we try to do. We try to use data to understand how we can better uh, traffic for people. You know, it's, it's about giving people information and about giving people knowledge to be able to make better decisions as to where they, where they drive every day. And then frankly, from uh, what also happens is from the state level, DOTs, Department of Transportation entities all around the US use data like ours to analyze roads and understand you know, where are people going? Where are the trouble spots? Where do we need to add extra lanes? Where do we need to widen the highways or add additional, um, you know, uh, additional roads to, to uh, or change signal patterns or, or other things that might help with, with congestion? You know, we, we want things to be better. Um, I think it, maybe my earlier comment was just an analogy for wanting to, uh, you know, see people on the other side of a scary health scare that, uh, it has a lot of people worried, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, of course. Sure. I guess finally, I just saw a story uh, yesterday that came through here that fewer people are interested now on using mass transit. Um, there was always the thought that you go on the New York City subways and it's going to be gross. Um, and <laughs> it typically is. Those subway stations are pretty gross. And now folks are really freaked out about seeing the grossness and then also getting 
the virus at the same time. So I, I do think that it's going to hurt public transit in a big way. Yeah, I think it's, it's, this is going to be part of the evolution of coming back, you know, for, for all these cities across the U.S. and how they deal with it. I mean, we've seen stories on uh, public transit entities using massive UV lights inside of buses and trains. And um, even in New York City, they're, they're, they go through periods where they close the subways through the entire overnight to clean them. I mean, this is a massive, it's, a, it's, it's imperative to do it but, it, but it's also a big burden. It's, it's additional cost. It's additional, you know, while it is good extra jobs for people too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's had such effect on everything we do. I think, I think the need of public transportation will be inevitable in many major cities that depend on it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are certainly people that do it by choice and will they do it as they go back to work and, and how does that affect their commutes? Maybe, maybe we'll see more people on the road. Right. Exactly. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we'll see more people because they'll be yeah. not uh, willing to get, they, they're safer in their car when they're, you know, right. social distancing in their own car rather than yeah. on a, uh, on a train or a bus. Right. Interesting stuff. Well, Gil, that's uh, about all I got, but I thought it was a fascinating conversation. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And best of luck to Denver on the recovery and the bounce back. I thought that was pretty interesting stuff. I love traffic data as a traffic guy. So that interview was right up my alley. So good stuff from Gil. Thanks again for that interview and all that information. You can get some more info if you need to uh, at TrafficCast. Uh, just search TrafficCast on Google and, and boom, you're there. If you need to leave a message for us here at the show... You can call us and leave a message, 303-832-0217. You can send us an email, drivingyourcrazypodcast at gmail.com, and I promise to get my equipment fixed for next time so you can hear Nicole here at the end of the show. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring.